One of the signature efforts the Defense Department has been using to consolidate and secure its networks over the past several years, it's in serious trouble. That's according to a new report by the Pentagon's Independent Testing Office. The Director of Operational Test and Operations says DOD's joint regional security stacks are neither operationally effective nor operationally suitable. If that diagnosis sounds familiar, it's because it's the second year in a row DOT&E has rendered that verdict. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu writes about it in this week's edition of the DOD Reporter's Notebook. Well, Jared, what's going on here? What is the Joint Regional Security Stack, and why can't they get it right? Well, the original idea was was kind of an Army project that the Air Force later um, later jumped into as well. And the idea was to consolidate what had been 5,000-ish separate firewalls and security appliances scattered at, at bases all around the country into these, these series of regional security stacks, just a couple of dozen of them all around the world. Project has been going on for several years now. As we talked about at this time last year, DOT and has declared them neither operationally effective nor operationally suitable. And the reason is, this is mostly based on a March assessment that they did with an Air Force red team. And the conclusion of that was that that red team managed to penetrate through one of these security stacks without any of the operators on the defensive side even knowing they were there. DOT and E says there's really several reasons for this. One is the fact that there are a couple dozen. Th- th- these are all commercial, off-the-shelf hardware and software uh, products that are that are inside these stacks. Just really, just giant racks of um, of equipment inside these in, inside these regional centers that we talked about. And there's a couple dozen different commercial products that they're all trying to integrate at the same time. And DOT and E seems to think that the personnel that are operating these stacks don't have sufficient training or manning, by the way, to actually pull this off and, and, and do that integration and, and, and use those products effectively. So in the end, their recommendation is that DOD just completely stop, at least for the time being, this process of rolling out these security stacks around the world until they can figure out the problems. Well, when you talk about a security stack, it seems like some large corporations, say like a Google or an Amazon that have enormous resources throughout the world, all networked, they must have security stacks that could be just dropped in turnkey. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Um, the, the, the issues, some of the issues here, frankly, are the fact that even though they're trying to consolidate these into joint operations, one of the ongoing issues that we've heard about for years is that the, the, the different military services have still maintained unique requirements so that in some ways they are joint in name only. You know, the, the, the Air Force may have network needs that, that require the, the stacks to be configured in a certain way. The Army may have different needs, and that's only going to get more and more complicated as the Marine Corps and the Navy come come in. The Marine Corps was originally slated to start coming in last year. They've put that off because of uh, because of the, the the ongoing problems here. DoD does seem to recognize that there are, there are issues here. They did a few months of what they called an operational pause in rolling out rolling out the security stacks last year, so they could try and shore up some of those training issues that we talked about earlier. But now they're 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 you know full steam ahead. Essentially, we heard just last month that uh, JRSS is quote the real deal according to DoD's. Deputy CIO, and uh, they're going to make a big push now to try and get them installed in the uh, Pacific area of operations next. And because they are joint, so does that mean that in a given location, all of the services are required to use them? Uh, that's the idea, but so far it has been uh, by by mutual consent. Uh, DoD has not really taken a super directive approach to this so far, and the Navy has held back so far mainly because you know the, the response from Navy officials in in years past has been 
look, guys, we consolidated our networks a couple decades ago into this thing called the Navy Marine Corps intranet and, you know, built our own security stacks that are already consolidated and regionalized. And we think we're doing it pretty well. Uh, we'd rather hold off until we can see that, A, what you're doing works and B, that what you're doing is actually going to meet our needs. So I think there's probably still some hesitancy on the part of the Navy. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. So JRSS is being overseen by DISA, but then the DOT and E is saying, let's stop this. Who's got the cojones to either stop it or keep it going? Yeah, that would be a, that would be a call for the DOD CIO. Um, and we have not heard back yet from the DOD CIO whether they're going to actually uh, implement DOT and E's recommendations. But as I said, as of as of uh, you know six weeks or so ago, they were pretty gung ho about moving forward, despite you know obviously knowing about all the problems DOT and E had found by then. And how expensive a program is this? It's a great question. The Pentagon, for one year back in 2017, started uh, budgeting for it and actually producing numbers in their budget proposals to Congress. They have stopped doing that. So the best numbers we have right now are from a little bit of a dispute that the Government Accountability Office and DOD had back in 2016 when DOD estimated the five-year cost of JRSS was in the neighborhood of $1.7 billion. GAO said that figure was bogus to, uh, because they, the, the department, it said, was not counting about $900 million that they had already spent prior to that point. All right, let's switch gears here for a minute since that one's unresolved. And uh, you're writing also this week about some new reform-oriented legal authorities for Defense Department. Uh, and DOD seems to want to run with them. What's going on there? Yeah, so this actually gets back to, to to a point that we were making just a couple minutes ago. What happened was in the 2018 Defense Authorization Act, Congress kind of frustrated about the DOD CIO's seeming inability to direct change and get all the hat uh, the, the the cats herded together in the military services IT worlds. Um, gave the DOD CIO a couple new authorities. One was. Uh, he or she is now allowed to set standards and impose them across all of the military services. The second is that the DOD CIO gets to go in and scrub each one of the military services budgets each year to make sure that they are actually allocating enough money to to bring themselves together in this consolidation effort and that they're actually spending enough money to make themselves cyber secure. A lot of times when Congress grants DOD new authorities, especially sort of reform-oriented new authorities, it takes a couple years for the department to take them seriously and start running with them. But we heard in testimony last week from Dana Deasy, the current CIO, that they are taking those and running with them immediately right now. Um, and the, the DOD CIO and the principal cyber advisor, uh, General Kevin Crawl, uh, Dennis Crawl, excuse me, are, are now saying that they are going to use 2019 as a year of implementation. They say they spent the previous year sort of figuring out where the problems were, developing a new cyber strategy, and this is going to be the year when they use those new authorities to direct the military services to start implementing, to start mostly, what the big focus is, is getting rid of legacy systems and start moving everybody onto the enterprise solutions and and cyber standards that they've spent almost a decade now building under what used to be called, anyway, the joint information environment. So with these new authorities that DC has, and I guess he's getting good advice because he really comes from the private sector, has not been in the pit of DOD all that long. So whoever's telling them what to do is, I guess, giving them good advice. But that kind of comes around to the JRCC, the Joint Regional Security Stacks again, because he's going to have to make that decision. And sounds like he, as you said, he's the one that's going to have to call. 
Yeah, that's right. And and one of those, I, I'm making this up, but one of the things that he might direct is, okay, like like we said before, Army, Air Force, you, you're no longer allowed to have unique requirements within these security stacks. You've all got to cohere around a common set of standards. And if, if, if what you're using on the back end is not able to be secured by these stacks, you need to make some changes so that they are. Again, that's a completely hypothetical example, but it's a way that I could see some of those new authorities uh, being used so that these security stacks start to become a little bit more manageable. And I guess one other thing to say, uh, other thing to say, Tom, is, you know, you were saying that that Mr. DZ is getting good advice. I think one of the main areas, one of the main sources of advice has been Congress itself. I mean, they they imposed these authorities and and requirements on DOD starting at the beginning of this year. And and they made very clear in that 2018 NDAA why they were doing it. They said that, um, you know, they thought that 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 principal cyber advisor role had been chronically under-resourced and basically ignored within the department. They, They said the CIO position historically in DOD has been treated as an advisory, <laughs> an advisory position by the military services rather than someone who's actually giving you marching orders. And, and that's one of the things they wanted to change. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Be sure to check out his DOD Reporter's Notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.